Thanks for tuning in. You're now listening to the latest podcast from House SF. For more information about House and our heart for the city, please make sure to visit our website at www.housesf.org. What we wanted to make everyone aware of, and we wanted to tell you all this personally, is that starting the end of the month, as you know, 23rd and the 30th, we're not having services. But during the month of January, Anne-Marie and I are going to be taking an extended Sabbath. So you won't see us around church for the entire month of January. We're not going anywhere. Besides, we'll still be a part of church, but like, we won't be around. We're going to be out of the city. We're going to be doing some stuff. Really, since being married, we haven't slowed down at all. And God's, there's a word that's been resounding in us for a long time now is rest. And I believe that for 2019, this is going to be a word that we carry into that year as well. So for us to really not just encourage all of you to do the same and rest and look after yourselves, it's important that we do that as well. So we are going to take an extended Sabbath. So you won't see us around, but no, we love you. We will be praying for you all. There's amazing team and family here as well. So while we're gone... Ken and Cece are around. We have Sergi and Christine, Arlene, yeah. and then also Pierce and Melody are, yeah. ma- have made themselves available. So if anyone, anything should arise, anyone needs prayer, we have more than enough team around and family yeah. that is here for you that will meet up with you and pray for you. Sound good? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I guess I'll just hang on to the mic <laughs> then, huh? All right. Whoops. <laughs> Can you grab that for me? All right, well, today is, it's, gosh, it's December. It's crazy. December already. First day of Advent as well. So here we are as we anticipate and wait and look ahead to the coming of our Jesus Christ, right? Our King on Christmas Day. Now, we've kind of, we wanted to have a thing, really prayed into what December could look like for us as a church. And so what God kept putting on our hearts was that this was a season of miracles. So for the next few weeks, this is going to be a theme that we carry throughout the messages, throughout the worship, throughout everything we do, is that this is going to be a season of miracles, not just for house, but whenever there's a season inside of church, declare that over yourselves as well, because you're part of this church family. So whatever season church is in, Receive that for yourself as well in your own life. Does that sound good? Yeah. Back to this being the end of the year. How has your year gone? Are you ready for 2019? A lot of deep breaths. Like, who here is ready for 2019? One person. That's probably legit. Morgan, I'll I'll tell you what. I'm kind of, I'm personally, I'm over 2018. (laughs) But I'm not ready for the new year yet. It's just, it's like snuck up on us. December is here. The end of the year. We have a few more weeks. to. So all the goals that you had and all the New Year's resolutions that you let off back in February, right now is the time to pick them back up and try and push, right, push strong through the end of the year. Can we do it? Yeah. No, we can't. Let's be real. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Do I have any planners here? Yeah, Yeah, a couple? couple of us, I'm sure there's more of us that are planners, right? Naturally in your personality. How many of you like everything that you plan out 2018 to look like? Has it come to pass? No, right? It's a bit unsettling at times, isn't it? 
Because we take so much time to dream up and really to seek God and ask God, what direction should I be going in this year? What is it that you want me to step into, God? What do you have for me this year? And then three months goes by, six months goes by, right? Next thing you know, it's December. And we turn around and looking like, where, not only where did the year go, but what happened to my plans? Even when I think about this, where I'm standing right now, it is way different than I thought it would be looking like. Like this January, January 1st, Anne-Marie and I get together. We sit in a cafe and we pray over the year. And we ask God for like a word or a phrase over our year. Tell you what, I did not think that, like I thought it would look a lot different right now. But with that said, there's so much beauty in it still because God is still in control. Regardless of how things might look like right now, and our plans might be looking, God is still in control. Amen? So what better way to begin this series and begin the month of December than to go through the Christmas story, right? Not just the Charlie Brown Christmas story, but the real Christmas story. So what we're going to do is we're going to start in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Now, we know the story about Mary and Joseph, right? We know that they're going to get married, but we don't really have a whole lot of context besides that. So we don't know how they met. We don't know if they met on Christian Mingle, hello, or if they met like at the local Bethlehem Cafe. He was like making wood, you know, a table or something, and Mary walked by, and she's like, oh, look at this guy. He's all big and strong, sweating and stuff. Or whatever Mary did for a living, maybe Joseph walked by and saw her and was like, oh, What's up, girl? (laughs) Never know. We could have some real fun with this, and I could go off on a tangent and lose everyone in this room probably. (laughs) But what I'd love to do is I want to begin on verse 18. Scripture says, This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but, everybody say but. But. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. And there's a hush. (laughs) Pledged to be married, but. But before they were married, she was found pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Pause for a moment. Mary and Joseph, I'm sure, had a plan. Right? I'm sure as they met each other and as they started to fall in love with each other, they would have had a plan what they wanted their lives to look like. What their marriage was going to look like, what them building a family was going to look like. And I'm sure that this wasn't included in it, right? Listen, if you think about it, like for us, it's really easy. We're very familiar with the Christmas story. But if you really think about it, for to put ourselves in their shoes and in that context, It's not like this had happened before. This wasn't commonplace for the Holy Spirit to birth something out of someone. No one had been pregnant by the Holy Spirit before. This has never taken place in history. So imagine what they're going through in this moment. They had made all these these amazing plans, but she falls pregnant. Verse 19. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. 
Now, some of you that are super quick for the time of mourning it is, you'll realize they're not even married yet, and it's talking about him divorcing her, right? Well, back during these times, when you're engaged, actually, engagement was so serious, the only way to break an engagement was through divorce. So it wasn't like today where you're kind of kicking the tires and you get engaged and, oh, if not, it doesn't work out, it's fine. It was just a ring. I could go and get engaged to somebody else. Like there was something significant about this. So the only way to break this was by divorce. And so Joseph, being a good guy, obviously is like completely devastated, but he figures, well, I'm just going to divorce her quietly because she's pregnant, not by me. If we think about it even more, this young couple... Joseph would have loved her, right? I wouldn't imagine that just they met each, met each other randomly and were like, let's get married tomorrow. Let's get engaged. They would spend time together. He trusted her probably. I could imagine them going on like long walks together and really confiding in each other and then building this relationship. There's something truly special there. He confided himself in her. They planned together. They dreamt about their future, talked about how many kids they have, maybe a white picket fence in Bethlehem or wherever they were living, right? How many sheep, how many goats, how many horses they'd have, what they would name their kids. And instead he finds himself finding out from his wife-to-be that she's pregnant by the Holy Spirit. What? Pregnant by who? Who is this guy, right? I'll find out who this guy is. Calling him Holy Spirit. I'm going to find out who this Holy Spirit guy is, right? He would be completely heartbroken. Because imagine, again, them being engaged is a big deal. This is a very big deal. And he's engaged. He's given his all into this relationship. And then to find out, wait, what happened? You're pregnant out of wedlock? How does this look? This looks horrible to everybody. And then, of course, there's Mary. Think about her. How many months had she been on Pinterest for already? Pinning all the things about what the wedding was going to look like, right? (laughs) She even came up with the hashtag already for the wedding. (laughs) Hello. Like, they went through everything. She would have been practicing writing her new name, you know, in the sand. Mrs. Joseph. Because I don't know what his last name is, right? (laughs) She even signed up for the new Instagram account with her new like last name on there, Joseph's wife. Hello, right? She would have gone through all the steps. Imagine everything. Like, given the season, Christmas was coming up, you know she would have been watching some Hallmark films, right? She would have been all about it. She would have been completely vested in this, you guys. Think about it. Like, it's so easy. We hear the story and we know immediately how the story goes. But let's think about the emotion that's in this story. What these two young people are living through. They had plans. Regardless of being planners or not, they had plans for their future. Bright plans. And I will guarantee this. This was not part of it. So now she's pregnant. And her husband, or husband-to-be, is going to divorce her. What are people going to say? Imagine that. She's so young and then pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Imagine what the town will say. Imagine the stigma that will be carried. 
And then even for Joseph to be the one who had to divorce his young wife because she got pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Imagine what's going on, this burden that these two are carrying. And then not only that, but once she gives birth to the, t- the child, she'll be raising this child by herself. What type of job would she be able to get, if any? She quite possibly could be stepping into financial burden the rest of her life. And she's so young. She has her entire life ahead of her. Talk about a headache. And then her husband-to-be, her fiancé, obviously would be devastated, and he'd be so upset. Talk about trust issues, right? Well, you went and got pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Whoever this guy is, right? I just want to challenge us to like, continue to dive deep, in, to put ourselves in this story, because there's so much more in the Christmas story. We take it at surface value, and it's beautiful. God sent his son for us. Amen? Beautiful. But think about what these two are going through. I could just see them both, both in their own, wherever they're at, like asking God, why is this happening? Especially Mary, right? Because Mary heard from God. God, what is going on? I'm being obedient. Like I listened to you. That's why like, I'm, I agreed to this. I'm going through all of this for you. Why is it happening? God, this wasn't part of my plan. This wasn't part of my plan when I thought I was going to have children. Or for Joseph, this definitely wasn't part of my plan. I thought I was the first one that would have, you know, be able to impregnate my wife. I didn't realize I'd have to divorce her because my young, beautiful wife is pregnant by someone else or pregnant by God, she says. This wasn't part of my plan, God. Why is this happening? Why is it all looking like this? My plan is in shambles. This wasn't part of my plan. Does it sound familiar? Maybe we haven't used those exact words, but I wonder how often we've thought about that. Where I'm at right now. God, this wasn't a part of my plan. This, this isn't the way things are supposed to be. They're supposed to work out a certain way, and this is looking nothing like I dreamt up. And you are part of the process with me, God. You helped me dream this up, but what is going on? This isn't part of the plan. The encouraging thing, though, through all of this for us is that we can trust that God has a purpose, even though our plan won't make sense. In Proverbs 19.21, Scripture says, Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. So many are the plans in our heart, and we could come up with all of these amazing plans of how things should go, but God's purpose is what prevails overall. Amen? In the message, I love the way that the message paraphrase puts it. It says, we humans keep brainstorming options and plans, but God's purpose prevails. That one resonates with me. We humans keep brainstorming. I'm constantly brainstorming. I'm on the front foot coming up with these amazing plans, right? Amazing plans to reach the world for you, God, and to grow my family and to be successful and do all of these amazing things. 
But then sometimes my plan might not work out. But we can rest assured that God is faithful. We can rest assured that God's purpose will not fail. Amen? God's purpose is greater than our plans. His purpose is greater than our plans. So back to uh, Mary and Joseph, whose plans were slightly interrupted, as we say, right? Pretty much in shambles, everything. But in our journey with Jesus, we will come to see that these moments, these interruptions, have you? God calls it an invitation. What we look at as an interruption in our life, God actually flips the script and he says, actually, this is an invitation. This is an invitation to trust me more. This is an invitation to step into something that maybe you never would have stepped into. And if this didn't take place, you would have completely dismissed all of this. This interruption is an invitation from God himself to be a part of something greater, to be a part of something much larger. For them, this is a part of them being a part of the purpose of God to redeem the entire earth. Imagine sometimes if our plans didn't fail, would we ever even look and consider some of these other possibilities? I don't think so. I wish I could say yes. That would make me feel a whole lot better. Because there's certainty in that, right? But we can't. But what this interruption is for them is the same way these interruptions in our plans and in our lives, maybe our 2018 has looked a little rough. Maybe, just maybe, that's an invitation to you. Maybe it's an invitation for you to step into more than you have even dreamt about. Maybe it's an invitation for you today to step into an intimate relationship with God where you are close to the creator of heaven and earth and where you hear his voice oh so clearly and you know, come to know that he's Emmanuel, God with you. Maybe, just maybe, it's that. Back to Matthew chapter 1, verse 20. But after he had considered this, Joseph... An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Imagine how Joseph would have been feeling. Woke up like, no way. First off, okay, it's crazy enough. I just encountered God or an angel, so this is wild. That was way too real. And then he's probably like, actually, he's standing right there still. Okay, this is real. And then that whole story that Mary, I thought, made up, he's confirming everything. So everything I thought was crazy in this guy who I thought I was going to have to find who's Holy Spirit actually is God. And she's pregnant because of God. Wow. Imagine how he'd be feeling. In verse 21, 
The angel says, she will give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus. But why, right? Why? Here's the purpose. Because he will save his people from their sins. So Joseph, this is all supposed to happen. He's thinking, wow, this is really supposed to happen. This is all in line with what God wants to do. So God, you mean that there is a purpose for my pain? I believe that that's a word for some of you today. I believe for many people here and for listening on this podcast as well. You need to understand there is a purpose for the pain that you're in. It's not just for the sake of you to be in pain. God has a greater purpose for it. If you could just push through and lean on him, you're going to see the, perfect, the, the purpose at some point. It's not in vain. The pain is not in vain. The struggle is not in vain. The discomfort is not in vain. There is a purpose behind all of it. God is behind all of it. God can redeem all of it. It's not like God is making your life in shambles. God allows stuff to happen, but he's going to change it. See, God can re- redirect our plans to align them with his purpose. I wouldn't be up here telling you this if I didn't live through this myself. Frankly, right now I'm in the thick of it. But this isn't even just part of my story of feeling this. I think back in well before Australia for Craig, when I first started to even consider looking into ministry and feeling like there's something God wanted me to do that was greater than what I was just doing. I had a friend whose father had this amazing ministry, global. It was like they did these massive, massive like revival meetings in Africa where hundreds of thousands of people would come and get saved. And their father came to me and he's like, you're amazing. You have the call of God on your life. You need to be doing something like this. Move over here by us and be a part of my ministry. And for me, I'd never been to Bible college or anything like that. And like, let alone if you know my testimony, be like, really God, you want to use me? And the guy's like, yes, I want, like, come out. He even said, come to Chicago with me for the Puerto Rican Day Parade. Hello. What? Right? He's like, we're going to be ministering at this. I'm speaking at this huge meeting there. You're going to love it. You're going to come. And he started name dropping all these authors and all these people that I'd, like, read their books and heard of. And I start freaking out inside because I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, this is my meal ticket. This is it, God. This is the one chance I'm going to have, if any, This is the one chance I have to be in ministry and to pursue what God has put in my heart. But that fell apart. And now I was back at square one. I had a plan, God. This was going to work. That was the one way that I'd be able to do this. And now it's in shambles. So then kind of Dragging along, I figure, okay, well, I'll start to look into Bible college, even though I didn't really want to go. But my plan was I wrote everything up. This is perfect. I'm going to go to a Bible college, and I picked a handful of them in California. I'm going to go in California. I'm going to keep my day job, and I'm going to go at night because I need to maintain a certain lifestyle, right? Sounds right. That was my plan. Applied. Denied. 
applied, denied again. Denied, denied. Okay, one or two times is cool, but then it's like four or five, you start to look at yourself and you're thinking, is something wrong with me? God, I had a plan. I have a plan, actually. But it's not really working out what's going on. God, this is for you. I would, why else would I go to Bible college? Why would I give up my life and do this? Like, I'm doing well with work and I'm, being, I'm successful. Like, I'm making the most money I've ever made. And then here I am trying to pursue you. And then this happens? Plans just screwed up. But if I would have found one of those colleges, I would have kept the job. I probably wouldn't have taken Bible college too serious. I would have never moved to Australia to go to Bible college. At the end of Bible college, I had been somewhat recruited to be a part of a New York church plant. It was a fit. It was so natural. Everybody in in my world saw it. You are made for New York. This is you. You're so part of a team. And the team would come out and meet with me. And we started, you know, communicating. And they're like, let's start the paper trail. Let's get you to New York as soon as you graduate. So I'm like, yeah, God, this is amazing. Let's do this. So I keep going. And actually, I end up coming back for Christmas break. And I meet this lovely girl that's sitting in the front row. I ended up not going to New York. Imagine if I did. Imagine if I did. Very well would have never met Anne-Marie. Then the list goes on. So much wouldn't have happened. If I didn't meet Anne-Marie, then once we got married, we moved right back out to Australia. And then from Australia, we had these friends that her best friend growing up and then one of mine that I met from Bible college actually got hooked up. And they got married in California. And so we came back for their wedding. See where I'm going? This whole plan is all, like we thought, I thought I had it all lined up and then all of a sudden it takes this massive detour. It's going all over the place. But then we come back for this wedding for a few days and then where do we find ourselves? In San Francisco, praying and asking God, why are we here? Why did you bring us here? My plan by this time is all Australia. I'm up for permanent residency. Church is going phenomenal. Life is amazing. We're happy as could be. We're like, let's have kids. They can have dual citizenship. How cool. And they'll have little Australian accents. Ah, it'll be so amazing. (laughs) All of it. And then during that trip back for that wedding in San Francisco, we heard the voice of God. It's time to come back. Now that definitely wasn't a part of the plan at all. That wasn't supposed to be, even if we considered it, that wasn't even supposed to be for like another 10 to 15 years, if we even considered it. I could literally go on the list of how my plan changed and looked like it was in shambles and looked like it was going somewhere, like the trajectory was amazing and then all of a sudden it completely shifted and now it no momentum in my eyes. In fact, I felt so many times like I regressed. But I look at all of you and I realize 
if those things didn't happen, I wouldn't be here. If those things wouldn't happen, there would be no house. There would be no house San Francisco, which means there would be, for some people, I hope that they would have been saved still, but some people who have made decisions to follow Jesus Christ in this church family, this would have never happened. Some people that have been baptized in this church family may well have never been baptized. People that have experienced healing, restoration, who've encountered the living God as a part of being a part of this church family would have never had those things. See how it all works out? God's purpose was greater than my plan all along. His purpose is greater than our plans. Isn't it it amazing, church, that we have this God who loves us so much, he's willing to interrupt our plans and turn them into a divine appointment for us? As long as we don't simply write them off as an inconvenience? Because we do do that sometimes. I'm really glad that he's like that. Has it it ever happened to you, though? Think about your plans. Yeah? You're here. (laughs) How often? How often does that happen? More than we probably want to even talk about, right? So 2018, where we're at right now, I wonder how many of you are in the midst of a ambiguous season. You're still trying to figure it out. It's confusing. Maybe it's been a painful one. Maybe it's been a season where you've lost a little more sleep than you'd like to. You've shed a little more tears than you probably would have ever dreamed shedding. Maybe it's one where you've felt so dry. Maybe you cry out and you just... don't hear the voice of God and you don't know where he's at amidst this and you're just living. You're just trying to make it through day by day, right? And now it's the holiday season. Add all of the joys and the emotions that come with that and all of the spending and all of the other things in the calendar, right? Add all of that into the mix as well. I wonder what it looks like. I wonder even if you sit here today and you wonder, but God, how's it going to happen? That dream that you put in my heart, at least at this point where I'm so burnt out and worn out from it, I think is from you. How's that going to happen? Because from where I'm looking, it doesn't look like it's quite possible, right? How are you going to do it, God? But as we know with God, so often it's not until hindsight that we see, oh, you did know what you're doing, God. You had a plan after all. You had a purpose while I was coming up with my plans. You knew all along the direction that I'd be going in. In fact, who I am becoming is as important as where I'm going, right? And that's a big part of his purpose as well. Who we become, it very well might have never happened. We might not be who we are today because of the trajectory that God brought us on. Or maybe our plans are all in one direction and God derails everything or allows it to get derailed. 
but you would never become the person you are today or the person that you're to become in a year, five, ten years down the road, 20 years down the road, and say, I remember this story. I remember where I had a plan, but God had a promise. I remember where I had a plan, right? And God's promise and his purpose superseded all of it. So we can trust him that he has a purpose even when these plans don't make sense. Back to Mary and Joseph. This definitely would have been the case for both of them, right? At this point, they'd think, okay, God is behind this. We now know God is behind this. This is going to be the smoothest pregnancy ever. (laughs) Ever, right? Oh, my goodness. Favor all over the place, right? Super smooth, like we're going to end up in the best hospital in Bethlehem. We'll have the most support, right? It's going to be a divine delivery, so smooth, like Mary's going to have her hair flowing in the wind and just looks so beautiful as she delivers a baby. But instead, instead we know the story, right, how it goes. Instead of being in the finest hospitals and on the most cushy of bed and comfortable you know, bed and most tranquil environment to give birth, she's on the back of a mule. Couldn't imagine that, especially now with Anne Marie being pregnant. I'm like, I would not want to be leading that donkey with my wife on it. If she was pregnant, I would want to be out of there. Not just that. Where does she end up delivering the baby? In a cave that we call a manger. This is where farm animals were at, right? Giving birth in this place, dark, cold. Yeah, smelly, exactly. All of those things, like, God, this is not how the plan is supposed to go, right? But then when she has a baby, it's great. And they name him Jesus. And you'd think that things are going to get easier, right? It would have to at this point. Like, none of it's been easy. So, like, there has to be a point in the story where it gets better, But of course, King Herod, the ruler of the land, finds out about this baby, and he wants to have the baby's life taken. He can't even catch a breath. You ever feel like that sometimes? Life just keeps hitting you, wave upon wave upon wave, and you just can't catch a breath. But God still has a purpose. Because even with them, imagine what they'd be thinking when they find out the news about Herod. But God, what's going on? Again, like it's, it's like this cycle we go in. God answers or things get a little easier. We catch our breath and then they get hit again. And God, where are you? My plans, those, those plans, like I'm supposed to plan things out and be a good steward and look where we're at. All the while though, God had a greater purpose for them. And... They would actually learn firsthand that God is faithful. I'm going to invite the worship team on up. See, this plan of theirs that was interrupted impacted you and I. Mary and Joseph had a plan, but God had a purpose. His name was Jesus. Do you realize that there's other people, there's other faces 
attached to the God's purpose for you? Mary and Joseph had a plan, but God had a purpose. Erica, you have a plan, but God has a purpose. Alex, Paulina, you have a plan. God has a purpose for both of you, for your entire family. God has a purpose for us. In this season of miracles, this is one of the most beautiful miracles ever. Emmanuel, God with us, right? This is not just us going at life alone, but we're going at life with a God who is so near, so close, and so ever-present in our lives. Our purpose, we all have our unique purposes, but overall, let's bring him glory, to please him, to live in relationship with him, right? And to point people back to him. But church, if we surrender ourselves to God's purpose, if today we surrender ourselves to him and we actually trust in him, just like that teenager did named Mary, right? 2,000 years ago, when God interrupted her with a massive calling because his purpose was greater than her plans. In Luke chapter 1, verse 38, Mary says to the angel, she says, I am the Lord's servant. It's like in that very moment, she reminded herself not only who she is, but whose she is. I think that that needs to happen for some of us today. This is a season of miracles, but we need to remember who we are and whose we are. She goes on to tell him, she says, May your word to me be fulfilled. That's what's translation. God, I'm all in. I trust you. I trust you and say yes to your lead. I'm done trying to steer this ship and trying to push you out of the way and make you just ride along passenger. I actually want you to take over. I want you to drive this. Imagine what God can do. Imagine the miracles that can take place in your own world by letting go and allowing God to be God. His purpose is greater than your plan. Church, I hope that you could get that inside of you and remind yourself of that, that God's purpose for you is far greater than the plans that you could come up with. God has a purpose for you. Teresa, he has an amazing purpose for you. So big. I believe it's so much larger than you could even fathom. And it's going to be revealed to you over time. But if we're able to give ourselves to him in that, that's when we see that purpose outworked. And it's going to take place. It's going to bless you so much. And so many other lives are going to be blessed by you. So many people are going to come to experience true love by being in your world. People are going to come into relationship and a knowing of the God that created the heavens and the earth through your life. He has an amazing purpose for you. 
Now the verse before Mary says that I am the Lord's servant, she says who, who she is and whose she is. Scripture says, for nothing will be impossible with God. You still have 2018 left. You still have a month left. You still have your entire life ahead of you. Don't throw the towel in yet. Know that you're not alone. He will never leave you. He will not forsake you. He will not leave you high and dry by yourself. He's Emmanuel. He's God with us. God with us. God with you. Always with you. Regardless of whether you feel him or not, right? Feelings don't dictate whether he's with you or not. He's always there. So may that be your declaration over this year, over the end of 2018 and going into 2019. God, you are Emmanuel. And you know what, God? Your purpose is greater than my plan. So I give myself and all of you to what you have for me. Can we stand and worship together? Thanks again for listening to the House SF podcast. We pray that you're encouraged today by this message. If you'd like to partner with and support our ministry, please visit us at www.housesf.org.